I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning? Or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. All I gotta do is count one, two, three. To my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me. Cause I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants. I am super excited to have Taylor Windley with me today. Um, she's young, energetic, and is out there doing so many things that impact her corner of the world. So welcome, Taylor. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, let's jump straight in. If somebody were to describe you professionally or personally, Taylor, how would they do that? Oh, starting with the tough ones. <laughs> there you go. Um, honestly, the most I hear people say is that I'm just a very happy person. Um, I'm just one of those people that's always smiling and I try to bring the energy into the room because I, I grew up um my parents owned a small business. And so we were going to seminars and conferences and uh, gosh, since I was five or six years old. And the one thing that all of them had in common was, you know, if you smile at someone, then you're impacting their day because nine times out of 10, if you smile at somebody, they're going to smile back. And that's just something that I've kind of carried with me through life. And I enjoy seeing people get happy and seeing their personalities change just because someone took the time to show interest in their day. Okay. And then what about professionally? What what do you do on a day-to-day? Well, I manage Tech Center Mixed Martial Arts here in Eastman, Georgia, and I also run a women's program. Um, That... It is technically my full-time job, but it's more of, it feels just like a hobby. I feel like I don't really have a career, but I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, they say if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Right. And it is so true. If you would have asked me five years ago, if this is where I would be, the answer would be no times a million. I didn't see myself ever being in this situation. So tell me about um, going in. Okay, the tech center is um, MMA, jiu-jitsu. Is it? Yes, it's, ma'am. It's we not do a planet, is it? Um, our head coach and gym owner is under Stephen Aiken, which is 10th okay. Planet Jiu-Jitsu. 
But our school isn't technically a 10th planet school yet because he hasn't received the black belt. But we are jujitsu and MMA based. So we do have some fighters getting ready for their first uh, debuts coming up. Well, that's exciting. It is. It is seeing all their hard work. Yeah. And you guys, y'all haven't been around that long. Seven years. So not, Seven years. Mm-hmm. And being here in a little corner of the world, uh, we have, I think we're sitting at about 80 members right now. So That's pretty substantial. It is for our little town. Um, I think we have a population of maybe, I want to say the last time we looked, it was around 4,000. They're not many. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get into jiu-jitsu and MMA? How did that become a part of who you define yourself as? Yeah. So I moved off. uh, I'm originally from Dodge County here in Eastman. And after I graduated high school, I went to Georgia Southern in Savannah and got my degree in business economics. Um, I wanted to stay in Savannah, but I had a job opportunity pop up back here. And so when I moved home, you're starting over. You don't have any friends. It's not the same group. And um, it was actually me and my parents. We said, we need to go do something. We need to exercise. And uh, our head coach, Jimmy, had actually met my dad. And then I had a friend that had told me about the fitness kickboxing class. And we just decided to go check it out one day. And everyone there was super warm and welcoming. And I just kind of decided, hey, this is my group of people now. And just stuck with it until jujitsu actually became something that I enjoyed. Because at first, I was not a fan. I did not enjoy it. Really? Really? Why? It was just weird. I didn't, I was uncomfortable with the contact and like, the guys in compression shorts. And I was just like, Oh, I don't know about this. But, um, after I stuck with it for about three or four months, it just kind of changed. And when I started seeing like my skills change and just see the growth in me personally, that was when I fell in love with it. Yeah. So I, it is a transition, but that's interesting. It's, it, that's a tough time in life when you've graduated college and you're, or, or when you've gotten out of school, whether it's high school or college, but um, you've always had a group of people and a a team sport, if you wanted to, or whatever. So that, that is a struggle time. And so do you find that with others that you know as well? Yes, all the time. Um, And that's actually how my women's program came to be because I knew how it felt walking into the gym and there was only one other woman on the mat at the time. And, um, I just, I remember feeling that awkward, like, I don't really know where I belong. And that's why I transitioned into giving people a place that they belong because it is, you just kind of feel like you're finding your way in the world and you don't know where to start. Yeah. And that can be intimidating. And, um, but, but to go with your parents, are your parents still involved? They are not, they didn't survive. (laughs) Um, they, they lasted maybe a month and then they were just like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Coming, but 
long enough to get you over the the edge you know you know tori my youngest is in arizona and even though she had been involved in jiu-jitsu it took her siblings going out there and saying come on we're going to the to the gym and then you know once she was there with them it became her own oh yeah but but yeah it it can be intimidating Mm -hmm. so have other things in your life been intimidating oh um Yes, is the short answer, but uh, I I have always been one of those people that, like, in school, I had to make all A's. I had to be an honor graduate. Even through college, I was in the honors program Um, because I guess I just felt like that was my success, and then when you get out into the real world and no one really cares what grades you made, it was kind of a, wait a second, what do I do now? And I had to figure out what, how to become successful when you're no longer being graded on your life. Oh, wow. And that was probably one of the hardest transitions I had to make because I originally started working at a bank. I did marketing um, with a bank here locally. And I was just drowning. I did not enjoy it. Um, the people that I worked with did not take me seriously. They didn't really listen to what I had to say. I was just a young kid that was fresh out of school. And, you know, when you're in school, you say, oh, no, I know what I'm doing. I made a 98 on my paper or whatever. But there's nothing in life for you to say, hey, I'm good at this. Um, so you have to find other accolades. You have to find other roads to take to become who you're striving to be. And that was really hard for me. That was a difficult thing for me to figure out. That's huge. And and I hate to tell you, but I think that every season of life brings that same um, struggle, oh, you yes. know, because you're like, wait, you know, 10 years ago, I could move that piece of furniture across the room all by myself. <laughs> and now I'm like, Ugh. so... <laughs> You know, it, it, there's a constant of how do I make myself feel successful? So does, but jujitsu can make you feel very unsuccessful on a daily basis it when you're can. going in there getting slammed. So how do you, how do you work that into your psyche? Um, jujitsu, it'll wear you down if you let it. And a lot of the times people get burnout on it or they let it break them because they put certain standards on themselves. And I, I had started doing that, especially once I got my blue belt, I was in the mindset of, Oh, I'm not supposed to get submitted by a white belt. Or even though this guy is 250 pounds, then he's not supposed to be better than me. And it will tear you down if you allow it. And I actually took probably a two-month hiatus where I was just coaching classes. I wasn't doing them myself. And during that time, I had to really think about it and think about why jujitsu had broken me down so much to a point that I didn't want to do it anymore. And it was because I wasn't accepting the small wins. I wasn't accepting, oh, I, I passed his guard and I've never been able to do that before. Instead, I was looking at all the times I was getting submitted or all the times I was getting held down. 
And so I really had to change my whole mindset to accept those smaller victories and start enjoying it. And if you take that mentality and put it in your everyday life, then you become a much happier person. Because if you say, you know, oh, we got one new gym member today. That's awesome. Instead of saying, oh, we only got one. And you just have to take it and just twist the way that you see it. And jujitsu has taught me how to do that. Like jujitsu has honestly made me a more confident person, has made me see the world differently. And it's helped me deal with failure and learn how to get past that and not let it just beat me. Wow, that's pretty significant. My kids often tell me that jujitsu spills into every aspect of their life. And so it they feel like it improves it or it challenges or teaches. Um, but but that's that's pretty big because going back to your making a 98, you know, that is a a set amount of time to learn a set amount of information and but you still have to put it back in the way that the teacher instructor wants it. And that's pretty similar to jujitsu. You can learn it, practice it, but until you get tested, you, you really don't know. So how do you, how do you create the test for yourself? Is it just in your everyday rolling or do you compete in some um, tournaments or how do you set goals like that? Yes, ma'am. Um, I do both. So I roll every day and I pick a move that I want to get really good at, whether it's a guard pass, whether it's um, holding someone down, taking the back, whatever it is, I pick one thing and I work on that one thing until I can do it to everyone in the gym, regardless wow. of size. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, like That's my most recent one. Uh, I've just been working on Kimuras and arm bars. So that if you ask anyone that I train with on a regular basis, they'll say, oh, yeah, that's what she's been attacking. And I just work on that one thing until I've got it down. And um, I haven't competed at Blue Belt yet, but I did compete twice at White Belt. And I believe we're going as a team in March. So that'll be my first Blue Belt competition. Yeah. And that's different. I mean, in white belt, you're kind of all thinking you don't know what you're doing, but, um, I, but at the same time, if you are doing this on guys twice your size, it's going to be different. It is. You're going to be able to approach things a little bit differently and your force might be way more than you think. Right. Well, girls, we move differently than guys do. So something that I can do on my 225 pound training partner, I might not can do to another girl um, just because they bend and they roll and they flip, which is way different than the guys. But that's why I'm so, so fortunate for my group of guys that I get to train with because they let me train because if they wanted to, they could just smash me, hold me down and not let me do anything but they actually work with me. They let me get to try my techniques and figure things out instead of just, nope, you're not doing anything today. <laughs> um, I've heard people talk about having a voice on the mat. Do you, are you intimidated or have you been in your journey of 
making sure that your voice is heard and what you want and what you need. And, and how do you do that? In the beginning um, was when I was more intimidated, but um, the head coach, he talked with me and he just said, hey, these are the people you should train with. The other people might try to hurt you or not try to hurt you, but they might be a little more rough. Um, so I was very, very hesitant to say, hey, will you train with me? Let's roll. Will you practice this? So for probably my first six months, it was just if someone asked me to train, then I would. If not, I would just kind of sit back and wait. But um, and I'm still that way going to new schools. Uh, a lot of guys are hesitant to train with girls, especially smaller girls, because I'm only 135 pounds. So um, it's it's been difficult to be able to put myself out there and say, hey, you know, will you help me with this? This is less roll. I'm struggling. But I went to a uh, seminar in Costa Rica last year, and Becca and Isaac were there with us in October. And I stayed in the house with uh, Brandon and Lindsay McCatherine. And Brandon sat me down one day, and he told me, that um, if I was going to be leading women, then I needed to overcome my insecurities because those would bleed into the people that I was mentoring, and that I was coaching. And then I would just raise a group of women that were insecure about the same things I were and um, or that I was. And I mean, he just gave me this speech that made so much sense. And I was like, app. If I want to be a good leader, I really do need to change. Yeah. And so ever since then, I have been uh, trying to be more diligent with my training. I, you know, ask anyone if they're wanting to roll. And I try to be more vocal about what I'm trying to do. And it has made such a difference in in everything. And wow. uh, like my group, I've never felt more a part of the team, which I've I've felt a part of the team, but even now it's like our bond is growing closer and I can tell my jujitsu is getting better and it's just become a, a great experience. Yeah. But wow, what a load to put on your shoulders. Oh, you're going to bleed this negativity or this, you know, whatever your insecurities are into other people and have a whole I mean, I just could hear it. Uh, a whole generation is going to come through you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I and bet. it made a lot of sense. It you, does. you can't argue it. But I was like, oh, no. I know yeah. I just look like a deer in headlights. It's like, oh, <laughs> what do I do now? Yeah. So I, and I don't want to stop coaching women. So yeah. I was like, well, I guess I just got to be a better coach. Yeah. Well, now you jumped into that kind of early in your yes, jujitsu game. So um, was that just a, here's the opportunity, I better take it? Or, you know, that sometimes that could be intimidating in, in and of itself. It has been one of the harder things I've had to do. Learning to coach and connect with these women is hard mostly because we don't have a lot of women in our regular class. Um, there's maybe three or four of us on a regular basis, but women ask questions that are way different than what men do. So they make you think about things differently. 
but it was something I wanted to do. It's always been a passion of mine to help women. And um, a lot of my focus personally is with women who have suffered from domestic violence. And so a lot of my women are the are the ones that are too apprehensive to get on the mat with men or they're like, Jimmy, he, he doesn't pick on us, but he laughs now because at one point he walked in the gym and there was just a group of women crying on the mat because one had a, like a PTSD moment and it triggered her, triggered her anxiety and she started crying. And so the women just kind of banded together and was, what do you need? You know, we just kind of talked it through and, um, I'm actually looking to get, um, some flex roll mats that I can carry around with me. And I'm going to start volunteering at the women's shelter in Dublin for the women that have suffered. Oh, wow. Wow. So that, is that just something that crossed your path and you said, yes, I have a personal history with domestic violence um, from my younger years that was hard to deal with between that and um, drug addiction. So that was something that hit me personally. And that was something else that happened when I started jujitsu was that I would panic. And so it took me a while to get past that. And um, there was actually a story that Jimmy hates it when I tell it, but I'll tell it anyway. He was messing around with me. And if you ever meet him, you know, he, all he does is joke and play and, but, uh, he was shadow boxing with me. So acting like we were striking back and forth, but he just tapped me on my cheek, barely even touched me. And I just started crying. And, um, he was, he was like, Oh my God, what did I do? And he started, yeah, he started panicking about it. But that was something that took me a while to get over myself and to be comfortable with in my own skin. And then um, over the last two years, I've just had a lot of interaction with women. It's almost like they just keep popping up with the same problems. And I just decided, hey, you know, if there's something I can do to help them, I want to do it. Yeah. Well, that that's really tough. So as you're working with these women and, and it's not the whole group that, that has the situations of, of domestic issues, but mm-hmm. as you're working with them, you know, it, couldn't it be really hard to protect your own heart? It is hard. I can't tell you how many times I've just been in tears at, because you see them hurting and you know how they're hurting and why they're feeling the way that they're feeling but you can't really help. It's something that they've got to work through themselves. But um, I do, like I have one lady and she is probably one of my biggest success stories because she was, she got on the mat, but her first day she just sat there. In the end, she progressively started working on things. We couldn't really put weight on her. We couldn't, you know, be rough at all with her. And she has now graduated to our adult class. She is doing women's and adult class with men, and she's not crying anymore. She's every once in a while, you'll see like where she gets uncomfortable and she'll have to sit back and take a minute. But she started with me back in July and she stuck with it, and now she's doing really, really well. So 
I have to remember that even with all those bad moments that does like pull on your heartstrings, there's a reason and that there's going to be a positive outcome if they stick with it. Yeah. What do you think it is about jujitsu that is attractive to someone who has a struggle? It's empowering. It's probably one of the best feelings in the world to know that you can protect yourself now because I mean, of all the men that I have met in jujitsu, there's not one that I would say, oh, he would use his skill to hurt people. Everyone is always so nice and so friendly and they're very humble people. And so knowing that the people that would try to hurt you are not skilled or trained and that you could protect yourself, it's a level of confidence that people that have been through domestic violence don't understand until they've achieved it because it, it just makes you feel like you don't have to look over your shoulder. You don't have to worry about, you know, if you say the wrong thing or if you do the wrong thing, it just makes you more comfortable in who you are. Yeah, I can, I can see where it could. um, I've heard several people in the last few interviews that I, and just some of the frustrations that they face of their, sometimes they're standing there in the grocery store, irritated going, I really could beat you up. Yes. And that just, <laughs> that just takes away the annoyance of whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I told him, I said, I hope y'all don't ever just like, I mean, seriously, I've had about three in the last interview say that. And I, um, and I'm like, well, I hope you don't, accidentally mutter that you know probably wouldn't go over so well probably not it would definitely hurt some feelings yeah um so all right let's go ahead and talk about um you have a relationship that's uh on the mat off the mat and so what's what's that like I mean you've got um I don't know how long you and Jimmy have been dating and then you um, got engaged not too long ago. Yes, ma'am. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, So that is, is that something you expected to find in the gym? And then how does a relationship like that work in the gym? Uh, I definitely didn't expect it. Um, The first, he was one of those men that I was talking about in compression shorts that I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't know. uh -uh." Um, But when I started, I just dove right into the gym. I wanted to help any way that I could. I wanted to, you know, just be all involved in it in all aspects. And um, so that put him and I around each other a good bit at the end of class. We would, and a lot of the times it was a group of us, we would go out to eat or, you know, whatever it may be. And um, it just gradually, every once in a while, it was just him and I and, things just kind of escalated from there. And um, it took a couple of months for us to actually get together. But I think that having a relationship with someone that does jujitsu makes things so much easier because if we have a conflict, we can go to the gym. Even if we aren't rolling with each (laughs) other, we can roll with other people and it lets out our frustration where we can just have a normal conversation. And uh, I laugh all the time and I'm like, this is the best couples therapy 
because you really can. Like you get to work out any emotions that you're having without screaming at each other. Yeah. But owning a business together and running it can be a little more difficult um, than just having an employee because, you know, we have to be mindful of each other's feelings because it will go home with us. And, but I, I do think that it has made us more successful because we do have to be more mindful. But sometimes that part can be a little more tricky. Yeah. But you saw that in your parents. Yes. So you kind of had the role model and that that map laid out for you. Um, mm-hmm. So, but also having grown up in that, you really wanted to go in that of <laughs> owning a business and. <laughs> It wasn't my first choice. (laughs) (laughs) Owning a business is hard, Uh, especially owning a business through this pandemic is hard. But um, once I decided that I liked them, I was there, gym or no gym. So now here we are. Uh, We've been together uh, about three and a half years now. So yeah. So, so you have, I mean, I've also talked to people who have been involved in jujitsu and they were couples and you, you have to leave it outside the, the gym. And I I mean, even siblings, Mm -hmm. um, I know I've heard Becca and Isaac talk before, and if they've got an issue going, they walk in that gym door and it's not coming in with them. Exactly. Um, You can get hurt like that Mm -hmm. if you, you bring it in. Yep. And being the owners of the gym, you don't want to walk in and bring tension with you. It should be, you know, fun and lighthearted all the time. So we do have to, you know, okay, we'll talk about this later. Almost like putting it away on the shelf. We go, we do what needs to be done. We enjoy our day. And nine times out of 10, when we leave the gym, we don't even know why we were angry to begin with or it's like oh okay this isn't as bad as I thought it was two hours ago we can talk about it now right right Mm -hmm. well um what would you say your gym mantra or feel is well that one's tough um we are a very, I guess, probably the most common one would be slow is steady, steady is smooth, smooth is fast. That's probably the one that we use more often than not. And we use that also in our everyday lives because people are just trying to blast through things. But if you take your time and you learn your steps and you do it the way that it's supposed to be done, then it'll be smooth. And then the smoother it becomes, the faster it becomes. So we don't force anything. We don't rush anything. We take our time and really try to focus on technique instead of just like, oh, just smash this person. So um, that would probably be the the one that I would say. But we have a ton of sayings. We actually have them up all in the gym. No, really? Yes, ma'am. It's like little encouraging sayings all around the gym. And um, we just kind of, cause our kids and our kids program, we give them a match at almost every day. So we talk to them about respect or, um, we make them stand tall, speak clearly, make eye contact to teach them, you know, how to have confidence because if not, you might get bullied or, 
you know, you could use those things in a job interview. So we are kind of the exception where we are always teaching life lessons, even in our adult program. It's just something that we always try to translate to real life. Yeah. So kids program. Um, It's intimidating as an adult to walk onto a mat. Is it intimidating for as a parent to put a child into a program? And why would you say what's the biggest benefit and why should they do it? versus all the other sports, or even if they do some of the other sports? Um, I do think that parents have a harder time than kids uh, starting a sport like this because it is a combat sport. And a lot of the times, especially the moms are like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Because they, they don't understand. They've never seen it before. And they just see their child being choked or whatever it may be. So they do get overwhelmed. And um I, it's usually me. I'll take time and I'll sit with them and explain what's happening. And we'll discuss what jujitsu is and why it's not as dangerous as it looks. Um, but I think that the benefit of kids doing jujitsu outweigh the seasonal sports because they have a team that's with them year round instead of just for a season. The kids that they're training with on the mat are the kids that they're going to be around for years to come. They become like these kids are best friends, whether they go to the same school, whether they're in the same grade and like they'll even have their birthday parties at the gym. They just that's where they just want to be versus even at school, you know, as your grades change or as the semesters change, who you're in classes with change. So you're around different people. And the seasonal sports, they just last three to five months out of a year. So you don't have year-round sports or physical activities, whereas in jiu-jitsu, it's stable, it's steady, it's there no matter what. And I think that that's what makes the difference. Yeah, they have time to build a relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. And I mean, they really do make lifelong friends because these kids, I mean, they're all the time spending the night with each other and they never knew each other until they started jujitsu. But whenever you sweat with someone and you put in that kind of time, it just changes the relationship. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. it does Drip sweat on one another and it's going to it's going to do something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in your and you teach the children, is there a method that you find that works best yes kids need a lot of stimulation so running it like adult class is not an option we can't just sit there show them a move and have them try it so um we always started out with we do this little thing where they beat the mat and then they all have to smack it at the same time just to get them excited And we do a lot of moving for warmups. So they'll just do like forward rolls and shrimps and everything just down the mat just to get them real excited and real warmed up. And then we have to teach the move in bits where they're only sitting for maybe five to 10 minutes at a time. Anything past that, their attention's gone. So, um, and every time they speak, we make them speak up where the parents can hear them. We make them uh, our higher belts. We'll get them to coach moves sometimes where they see what it's like, where they really get to test their knowledge. 
And then at the end of class, we usually play some kind of game, um, whether it's dodgeball or whether it's jujitsu related, where they end on a good note, too. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say dodgeball. My kids swam um, all the way through high school and their favorite times were dodgeball and ultimate frisbee. And because you've been in the pool doing your thing and it's a little more individual, but then you bring the team together in some kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not related, but it is. Right. And some of it's that philosophy, I think. Mm-hmm. The team building and, you know, you really get to work with each other instead of just that one partner that you had all class. And we also use it as coordination drills because you do need that, the hand-eye coordination in jujitsu as well. So it does help them stay, you know, sharp and on their toes a little bit, but we have yeah. fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. So is this where you see you landing? I mean, do you see something else coming in your future or just keep growing the business and teaching? Yeah, I think that this is where I'm wanting to stay. I really enjoy um, what I do now. I do think that uh, hopefully this year, maybe next year tops, we will have someone else coming in and we'll do more of the business side of things. I enjoy it, but it takes time from me off of the mats. And that's where I would rather be because I really enjoy coaching and working with the women and the kids. And that's where I want to be full time. Um, But until then, then we'll keep splitting the duties. And um, because right now I, I do all of the like appointment setting and membership things and, you know, dealing with all the parents and all of that and then Jimmy does the marketing side so I think eventually him and I both want to get completely out of that and just be able to be on the mats if we can yeah it's hard to be office and and mats because a lot of it's happening simultaneously yes it is very very difficult and you have to have two different mindsets yeah so yeah, if, if you're a marketing new- major but, or your background, that mm-hmm. both sides of the brain don't usually develop equally. <laughs> yeah, they do not mesh well at all. If we yeah. have a new adult on the mat, there is no way I can do class and then be able to switch and talk to them about signing up and their options and have that go smoothly. If I try to do both, then it's just a clunky mess that doesn't make any sense. So I eventually don't want to have that problem anymore. Yeah, I, I can, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I can relate. I'm the creative. I am not the accountant and the, you know, being able to do all that. And, and about this time of year, I do a whole lot of, sorry, <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean to do it that way, but um. <laughs> And they've about decided that I'll never learn. So as long as you're happy doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the way I look at it. And it's not the way everybody around you looks at it though. Um, So have there been any boulders in your pathway that you've had to just continually navigate? Um, I mean, it just sounds like, like this life has just kind of evolved and it's just 
sweet and easy. And so anything you can think of that you just keep smacking up against? Uh, not at this moment. Um, I know growing up, I have, I have amazing parents. I did have a great childhood. Um, and the only thing that really hit me that has not been such smooth sailing was, you know, I got into a bad relationship when I was 16 that lasted till I was 21. Um, that is probably the thing that's beat me down the most. And that was the hardest to overcome. And there are still challenges from that. Um, you know, just the mindset of things and how you approach different things. And, you know, even at the gym in my relationship now, sometimes I'll catch myself reverting back to kind of, you, you tend not to take up for yourself very often whenever, you know, you've been in that situation. So a lot of times I'll kind of catch myself straying away from speaking up or from being vocal about what I need and what's going to work. Or even, you know, if I say, hey, I want to go have a girls weekend this weekend, that makes me feel very selfish instead of this is what I need. But that has, that's, I mean, really been my only boulder. And I tend to look at that now as a learning experience instead of something that's holding me back. Because, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about with the small wins earlier. If you just change how you think about things, then it's no longer going to weigh you down. It's not going to make you feel like, oh, well, I went through this. Why, you know, why did I have to do that? Instead, now it's, okay, I went through that where I could help all of these women through it. And now it's more of something that I look at that was supposed to happen where I could end up where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. So did you think that as you were going in, transitioning into this, that you would be doing trips like Costa Rica and doing something that you love, but traveling as well? Not at all. Uh, I didn't even know that things like this were offered with jujitsu. And from my understanding, it hasn't been until Stephen Aiken decided that he wanted to do the dream jujitsu. Um, but I think it's super cool because now like we've been, we've been to Costa Rica, we've been to Florida. Um, I think we're planning on going to Texas. Like there's just different places and we're getting to travel and see the world and still, you know, make money or do what we enjoy. So it's really, yeah. really nice. Yeah. As it got started in the, the um, wandering grappler and it's like, you know, they show up in gyms. He and Chris mm -hmm. went um, from Alabama to um, Arizona at Thanksgiving and went in gyms along the way. And it's like, all of a sudden you find out that your people are kind of in more places than you could imagine. Yeah, that's super cool that he travels a lot. Isaac, he's so awesome. He's just a free spirit. It's so oh, cool. that he is. That he is. So uh, he'll listen to this podcast because I'll tell him there's a compliment buried in there for him. So, Just for you. Yeah. But you know, it's kind of fun because it's it it is that community that um I don't know, as a mom who was at 
all of those sporting events through high school and college, it's kind of nice. They've got an adult, you know, um, group and I get to be on the sideline stand or, you know, or, or be in super chats. And so, I mean, it becomes kind of a, um, it, it becomes who you are. It really does. And I mean, like you were saying, it doesn't matter if we train here in Georgia, if we train in Alabama, no matter where you go, it's your people. Um, You never feel unwelcome or unwanted. They just, you know, you walk in, they're like, yeah, let's do this thing. Yeah. What would you tell a younger Taylor? Um, I guess what I would tell younger me is know your worth that, you know, you aren't defined by the people around you and it's okay to say no, you know, whether it's just something you don't want to do and you feel like you're being pressured into it or you know that it's a bad idea, but you want to go hang out with these kids. It's okay to say no. And you are worth more than the situations that you're putting yourself in. That's pretty big. If you knew that as a 13-year-old, it might make the teen years go a whole lot smoother. Oh, yeah. It, to stay away from the wrong crowd, to, you know, make better decisions. But I guess all I can do now is help because I do have some teenage girls as well that I've, you know, been talking to and speaking with. And you will be surprised at what eighth grade girls are doing these days. So it's... Those yeah. words are what I'm telling those girls. So yeah, yeah. Well, that that's a great example because, yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of don't remember, but I still think I was like out riding my bicycle in the seventh and eighth grade. Oh yeah, I think I was. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, with a whole lot more freedom than today, we would let them have riding mm-hmm. the bicycle in the the neighborhood, but. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not, they're almost young adults, little young adults doing and thinking adult things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're bypassing their childhood, which is insane to think about. But, you know, I had one girl, uh, she was in the eighth grade. She came up and was talking to me about a girl that was making her uncomfortable because she was trying to get her to do the things that she knew she wasn't supposed to. And she didn't know how to go about that. And I just told her, you know, you need to be honest with her. Tell her how you feel. Tell her that you're not going to do those things. And that if she wanted to keep, you know, insisting that you do those, then you no longer need to be friends because you do become a product of the people you hang out with. And um, she came back the next week and she was telling me that the girl got upset with her and quit talking to her and I told her maybe that's not a bad thing yeah um, yeah and that's that's hard but then to mm-hmm. be able to come into the, to the gym and um and kind of find kind of a safe place there mm-hmm. um so how do you handle a gym as an owner what's your thought process when you've got kids teenagers adults guys i mean the just the from the music to the language to the just the whole vibe how do you how do you handle and balance all that 
Well, we, as of right now, only run one class at a time. So we have a, a kids playlist on our Spotify. I have a women's playlist on our Spotify. And then we have an adult playlist. And um, we have our head kids coach. That That's all he does is coach kids. And then he does one adult class a week usually. So he doesn't have to switch mindsets very often. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of our teenagers are in our adult class. They've been with us forever. So we we don't have to change much from our teens to our adults. But it definitely is a switch. We have to be very careful about what songs play in and, you know, how we word things. If we're giving a speech, we got to make sure not to let cuss words slide out and stuff. But it's not... As long as, you know, we stay on schedule and we know our routine, it's not terribly difficult to balance. But we are eventually wanting to start running two classes at a time and just split the mat because we do have a fairly large mat space. And then I think we're going to run into some more issues of trying to keep those two separated. Yeah. I mean, it can be hard and you you can't be somebody that you're not um, because if anybody's going to pick up on that, a kid does. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. it, if, you know, but, um, but yeah, I've seen both extremes um, and, and heard conversations when you're sitting in a gym and going, wow, that's not if kid there friendly. was an eight year old in here, that would have gone really bad. Yeah. Um, so matter of fact, I was out with Tori one time and these, and the guys were talking and they forgot I was there. And then they walked by and they went, oh, my God, Tori, your mother's here. And she was like, yeah. And she goes, she's fine. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. they just had that moment of, you know, they're in their element. They're working hard. They're Mm -hmm. enjoying their time and their their mental space. And it's not about me sitting there waiting on Tori. So, and I guess that's some of it, too, is why are you there Mm -hmm. and, and the purpose? Oh, yeah, you never know what's liable to slip out of some of our guys' mouths, but we do um, in, we do have a good time block between. So most of the kids are able to get out of there before yeah. the guys really get worked up and let loose. Because, yeah. I mean, a lot of the time that's their only outlet. You know, they work, they've got wife, kids, they don't they don't get to let loose very often. So yeah. in there on the mat, they get to just be themselves, say whatever they want to say, behave however they want to behave as long as they're not being jerks. But yeah, you know, well, you just kind of let them. Well, you know, um, pandemic was hard because a lot of people, I mean, it was hard for a number of reasons, but a lot of people, jujitsu was their lifeline. And then if you had to close down or you had to, you know, pull off the mat, did that burden your heart of knowing that some of those people that was their lifeline Mm -hmm. it was hard um because I mean we we have a group a messenger group and everyone was just struggling and they they kept asking you know can we just meet up and do an open mat you know we won't tell anybody it's not an official class let us just do something um and it got to a point where we told them you know, if they limited the size of their groups, they were welcome to go and do an open mat that we wasn't going to stop them. Um, 
because we did have to be a little careful because we are right across from the police station. So <laughs> we, yeah, we couldn't really break the rules too much, but we tried to do Zoom classes where people could log in and do some stuff at home. It, I mean, it limits you, but you're still getting something. Yeah, there was but, a little bit of contact. Um, it was rough. I mean, for everybody involved, I think we ended up opening a couple weeks before they even told us we could, because it was just like enough's enough, you know, kids had started acting out again. I had so many parents messaging me. They're like, I don't know what to do with my kid. They're misbehaving. They're not listening to me. And it's just because they didn't have a place to go. And, um, so we just kind of said enough's enough and started running class again. Wow. Yeah. So you really kind of had your own little experiment there going of seeing exactly how jujitsu impacts a family. Oh, mm -hmm. and it was, I mean, it was a bigger impact than I had originally expected. I thought people would be fine, you know, like a little vacation, but then we had to stay closed longer than we thought we were closed for, I think around three months last year. Golly, that is hard. Yes, it was difficult, you know, not being able to train and also from a business aspect because, you know, people quit working. They wasn't able to go to work or, you know, they quit paying because they can't yeah. come to the gym. So it was, it was terrible there for a few months. Yeah. yeah pausing memberships still, that doesn't help you pay your rent. Right. And the bills didn't stop coming. You know, they still right. expected you to pay, which was something crazy you would think if they make you shut down then you know they know that you don't have much income coming in but I guess they're like oh well too bad figure it yeah, out figure it out mm-hmm. what which y'all did I mean y'all figured it out and so I mean it tightening the belt and being able to to kind of evaluate your offer and what kind of value is there mm-hmm. uh, it, it probably pushed you more into a marketing plan than you've ever been in. Oh, it did. It actually, we actually just launched it today. It gave us the idea to do a whole online university Um, because a lot of schools have like the instructional videos where you'll go and learn how to do a triangle or um, an arm bar, or you'll have a little series that'll help you set that up. But we actually went in and we have recorded all of our classes where people can go and rewatch the classes. They can watch mm-hmm. themselves rolling um, and they'll be able to go in and see them. If they're out for a week, they see what they missed where they don't get behind. And um, along with the instructionals that we have, because we said, you know, we can't be up the Creek without a paddle again. So yeah. we went ahead and put that together and we actually just went live today at 9 30 so wow now is that limited to your membership no ma'am anyone and everyone can do it how well um there's a link and i just posted it on our tech center page but it is uh i believe it's mykajabi.techcenter and they can access all of our courses there it's a monthly membership and you have access to all of our courses, all of our rolling, all of our instructionals, and also all of the seminars that we have attended that they allowed us to video. So all of that is up there and you have free access to all of it. That's awesome. I mean, that a lot of the gyms are doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it almost becomes a requirement 
that yeah. you have it. But we got to have something because, yeah. and even now, this new strand of COVID knocked out a good bit. Like last week, um, a lot of the people were out sick last week. Yeah. So, um, you know, being able to sit at home and watch these videos and see what you're missing really helps out when you're just sitting there. Well, yeah. And it also kind of helps you say, okay, I know that you're not here, but it's out there. Mm-hmm. Not, I know that you're not here and I know you want a credit. Um, right. You can't really do that, but you're giving, you're giving them something. So. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good luck with that. I hope Thank that you. It, I hope it goes well. Um, so a lot of the things that I hear you t- talking about are leadership and strength and confidence and, um, and kind of living your dream. Um, would you pretty much say that, that those are core to you? Yes. 100%. Confidence is probably the biggest for me. Um, I think that because for a long time I liked that. And so now that I have experienced what it's like to be confident in yourself, it opens so many doors that you never even knew were out there. And I think as long as if you believe in yourself and you know that you can do whatever you set your mind to and that, you know, there might be obstacles, but you can overcome them, then, I mean, quite literally, the world is your oyster. So that's one of the things that I hold you know, dearest to me. So what do you do outside of the gym? I mean, how do you, do you divide yourself out and find something else? Hobby, any, what pulls you out of the gym? Uh, well, not much. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Right now I do help my dad, uh, his front desk, girl at his office um isn't there any longer so he asked me to come in and help with insurance because it's something that I've been around since I was little so um right now I get up in the mornings and I go help him until lunchtime every day but other than that I mean it it really is just the gym all the time if I have any time to myself I'm usually reading a book I love to read but that's really it. That's all that I do. I do jujitsu and I read books. Yeah. So do you have a favorite author or genre? My favorite author is Lisa Jackson. I love the murder mystery stuff. Um, but I also try to read more of the educational books. So I try to read more on like leadership. There's a really good book called Rocket Fuel that Jimmy and I have actually been reading together to grow the business. But um, so I kind of bounce back back and forth between my educational and self-growth books. And then I'll indulge myself every once in a while and read a good fiction novel. But if I have my choice, I'd rather read the murder mysteries, suspense type stuff. Well, that sounds like a good breakaway and, and you can can lose yourself in a world and not have those business ownership stresses for a minute exactly you get to just indulge in someone else's world and forget about everything around you yeah that's Mm. great so what kind of advice taylor would you give somebody who's um balancing 
career relationship and um and and being career not just clocking into a job but it being your soul and and kind of part of who you really are so what kind of advice would you have somebody or hand somebody and maybe what kind of advice would you like somebody to give you uh, the best advice i have gotten um that i would give to anyone that asks is make time for yourself you tend to dive into things so wholeheartedly that you kind of lose yourself in the process and there's a lot of times where i'm you know eyes deep in working on something and i have to look up and say okay why am i doing this what's my reason and you know whether that's because i have a group of really good girlfriends we will pick up on a weekend and go and spend you know whether we went to disney world a few months ago uh we planned a mountain trip but some of us got sick but you know make time to unplug and reset because if you're especially families um because i have uh three stepdaughters And sometimes you can get very lost in taking care of their needs that you forget that you have needs too. And you get done, you're at the end of the day and it's just like, oh gosh, I'm exhausted. And you really have to take time to, you know, reset your mental state to unplug, to rest and refresh. Because if not, you're just going to burn yourself out and your, the passion that you have now for the career that's a part of you, you're going to forget why it's a part of you. And then it's going to end up not being something you enjoy anymore. So you really have to take time to, you know, place, place value on yourself too. Wow. I didn't realize that you had um, stepdaughters and I mean, another side of family that you attend to. So yes, ma'am. Wow. Yep. Now, Jimmy's got three girls. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Wow. So your day is very long. Oh, yes, ma'am. And last year, um, his youngest daughter decided she wanted to do e-learning. And she was with us for, gosh, probably three out of the four weeks every month. And so it was me and her. We would do that homeschooling every day. And that was when I realized, like, oh, my goodness, there, there's a lot that goes into this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So you do have to find balance and finding time for yourself. Yes, ma'am. It has to be very intentional. Mm. Um, so we've gone all over the place, Taylor, and talked about tons of things. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure that we do? Um, I don't think so. I think we have covered pretty much everything that I had in mind. Um, one of the most important things was for me to talk about the women's program and why it's there. And I think that was my only intentional topic that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So if somebody needs to get in touch with you and if they have a need or an interest or know somebody who might need the, the women's program, how do they get in touch with you and what qualifies somebody to be in, in, in that program particularly? Uh, The best way to get in touch with me for that is the tech center Facebook page um, or middlegeorgiamartialarts.com. Those are the two that I check more often. And as long as you're a woman and you're wanting to be there, we'll have you. 
we do not discriminate. There are no qualifications. If you want to be there, come on. That's awesome. So what's the best way to get in touch with you overall? Tech Center Facebook page. It's T-E-C-T Center. Okay. Well, Taylor, this has been fantastic. And I've got one more question for you. Okay. If you had a superpower and you had it for one day for 24 hours, you can use it personally or professionally. How would you, what would you be? What would your superpower be? Um, How would you use it? And why would you have chosen that in the first place? I think for me, I might be a little bit selfish with this answer, but I think I would want to be able to teleport to different places because one of my biggest goals in life is to travel. So if one day I could just decide I wanted to be in Italy or France or wherever in the world, then I could just decide to go there and enjoy being there. Um, So that would probably be my superpower for the day, just to be able to get away and enjoy it and then come back the next day and say, oh, yeah, I was at the Eiffel Tower. And at the same time, I was over there in South Africa looking at the rhinoceros. Right. Yeah, I could see everything in one day, just bounce bounce around. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Taylor. This has been outstanding, and I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family, to philosophy, to work, to meal prep, to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it.